The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Tuckheads Tuesday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app. It's also a Dan Orlovsky Tuesday. My guy, the former longtime NFL quarterback, in my opinion, as good of an analyst as there is. TV, radio, he works for ESPN. I don't think there's anybody better when you're talking about doing games or studio work. He's all over NFL Live, among other shows. We'll talk to Dan momentarily. We'll have a new Spread the Word winner on Friday at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. We'll have a new sponsor confirmation email winner on Friday. We'll give a YouTube shout-out. I Speaking of shout-outs, i going to give a shout-out to Ben Zelmer today. Ben Zelmer is the latest patron, patreon.com slash RT Media. Speaking of that, by the way, I've got a little, uh, little something-something for you guys later in the show that you're going to make sure you pay attention to, but also... We're having a happy hour, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. We will have a happy hour for the Tuckheads, a virtual happy hour via Zoom, patreon.com slash RT Media. Make sure you sign up, become a Tuckhead. It's 10 bucks a month. Even if you just try it for one month, get in on the happy hour Friday night, see what it's like. You can always cancel, no big problem. We, we don't mind when people cancel. That means they at least gave it a shot which we really appreciate it. Uh, We'll get to some more stuff later, but, man, I'm fired up. There's coaching hires. There's games. There's a lot to talk about, and we got the best guy to talk about it with, Dan Orlovsky. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so you need to, first of all, check him out on social media, at Dan Orlovsky7, so you never miss any of the things he's got going because he's got a lot going. Like I said, between the games – NFL Live, etc. I Dan, I know we've told the story before. Um, and and I can't remember exactly. Look, here's what I remember. I know that you and I used to talk before games about the you know, when you're playing for the Lions, and then you got in the media and we would talk, and I kind of recommended, hey, you know what you should do? Some videos of quarterbacks, college guys or NFL guys. And I, I think it's part of the reason when people started to realize how awesome you were and how good you are at what you do. What I don't remember, though, is 
where do we first meet? Like, do we meet at the broadcast boot camp? Where do we meet so that I came up to you and talked to you before games? Yeah, I, I think we met before games. I think that was like the first time we actually met. I remember just talking to you multiple times before games on the field. Uh, you were always like super nice and just shooting the breeze and whatnot. But I think that was the first because I the, the first broadcast boot camp I went to was 14. So I'm sure I met you before 2014. So I think we just – I think you just came up and said hi initially. I remember the phone call when you gave me that advice, though. It is the reason why, just so we're clear. Um, you know, that is the reason why. So I remember where I was. I was on the golf course, actually, in Philly. So um, that, that advice was huge for me. But I think we met before games, and we just kind of, you know, kind of started our friendship from then. So it's interesting that you say that, by the way. Um, you do college games on television, so it's a little bit different. I don't know if you've done any NFL or not, but in the NFL, I don't usually like to go up to the starting quarterback and bother them that much while they're doing like their pre-pre-game stuff. Yeah. Backup quarterbacks are gold. Absolutely. Because <laughs> they know everything. Sure. Like they know the coverages that the other team plays. They know who you guys are going to attack and stuff. But people don't go up to the backup quarterback. And they're happy. They're usually good guys like you. They're happy to talk with you. So yeah. um, their goal, speaking of that, um, I got to ask you, man, the first thing I'll dive into, Chad Henney, when a guy like that, when, when a Dan Orlovsky type, right, gets in a game like Chad Henney did, do you find yourself rooting for that guy to, to play well just because you can picture yourself maybe having gotten that opportunity later in your career? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You're rooting for like, okay, man, because you know what it's like. You know what the – I mean, this is years of just being ready every single week because you don't know when it's going to happen. Every single week you're ready. 99% of the time you're never needed. And then the one opportunity presents itself. It's obviously a huge moment. You're like, come on, for all the backup quarterbacks that always get ragged on by people or you don't matter or you're a backup for a reason, all those things, like you're just like – and Chad's a friend of mine as well. And, and so you're just like, dude, pull it out. You know, have have the moment where you prove your value, you prove the value of the role and the position. So, yeah, I was sitting there like – I remember I sent out a tweet on 3rd and 14. I was like, absolutely trust Chad Henney in this moment to call a pass because he knows the worst thing is to force an incompletion. And if it's not there, he'll just tuck it and run. And um, it was awesome for him, awesome to have that moment. Well, and even the play before – when he knew it's better to take a sack than to throw an incompletion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you saw the 13 years pay off. It's kind of the example you just said about, you know, pregame. They know everything. Like Chad's multiple times been in that moment mentally, just hasn't had the moment physically. So I think the, the, the preparation of just seeing it through his head repetition-wise so many times paid off. So I want to ask you as well, about Jared Goff that, you know, the last couple of days, there's these reports that Jared Goff and Sean McVay need marriage counseling. <laughs> McVay said everyone's being evaluated. This is a guy that just took him to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I, I People rag on him a lot as well. I, I actually thought he made a bunch of really nice throws against the yeah. Packers on Saturday. A lot of those in-breaking routes. What do you think's going on there? And what do you see from Goff right now, Dan? 
Yeah, I think part of it is, you know, when they really ran on their run two years ago and had that two-year stretch where they were offensively, their pass game was out of this world. It was really, and you know this, tied to that old school wide zone scheme and then the wide zone play action scheme that we're getting all those chunk throws. Well, since the Super Bowl, their offense run game-wise has gone away from that a little bit. It really isn't as much of the wide zone run game. It's been more of a gap scheme, more of pullers. And and so the play action pass concepts have been minimized a little bit because the pull is different against the defense and the stuff that you can build off of it is, is a little bit different. And so that's strained their pass offense somewhat. Um, I don't think that they have the burner on the outside that they want, the speed guy on the outside that they want to open some stuff up. Jared's like Jared's really, really good in, in accuracy uh, of the football, ball placement, types of throws, trajectory, and tempo. But when you're not – like he's not the splash quarterback. He's not the make something out of nothing quarterback. He's not the creator. When you're that guy, you can't be the guy that turns the football over either. You know, like – if you're going to be that guy and live in that world, you can be really good and win a ton of games. You can win a Super Bowl that way. You cannot be the person who turns the ball over. Josh Allen can. Patrick Mahomes can because those guys have so much explosive ability. So when Jared started to turn the ball over this year, he slowly became lesser of an impact player because of it. And I think Sean got frustrated. Jared's a good friend. And I would text him all the time, like, dude, take your check down. Dude, stop forcing the football. You're better than that. And so, you know, I think that Sean just making it very clear that the the way that Jared played for a stretch this year is unacceptable in their offense. Um, I don't think that they'll move on in any way, but I think Sean's just sending a message that you have to be better for our offense in the style of football that you're going to play. See, this is why, Dan, honestly, this is why I think you're the best because you just explained that in an awesome way, which is essentially mm – -hmm. Golf doesn't give you the plus plays out of structure, sort of the bonus plays yep. like a lot of these guys do. So if you're not going to be a guy that gives the bonus or the extra, you can't be the guy that gives the negative. Because the best guys right now, they give you the positive, and they still don't hardly yeah. ever give you the negative. Right? Yeah. Mahomes yeah. and Josh Allen. So you can't be a guy on the ledger that doesn't mm -hmm. give you any of the, like, the extra positives but does give you – the negatives. That's a absolutely that's awesome way to describe that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You know, I asked Emory Hunt this yesterday on the College Draft podcast. I want to ask you this as well. And I was there Saturday night uh, for the Bills and the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson missed several throws. You know, it's almost like he he really struggles. It feels like Dan, if he can't step into the throw and his his technique isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. he, he really struggled. He had a couple wide open guys, Hollywood Brown on second down, the goal line earlier was a third down. If he's not able to really set his feet and step, he's not able to get enough on the ball to complete it. I guess my question is this, when you think about Mahomes and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and the Browns, and do you think Lamar Jackson will ever throw the ball consistently well enough that the Ravens can win those three or four playoff games in a row where the margins are, are so small and win the Super Bowl? Not from the pocket, no. Um, but nor should the Ravens ever ask him to. You know, like, 
I don't think I, I said this. I said this yesterday. Uh, there's going to be. I feel like this offseason, There's going to be a lot of people saying Lamar needs to get better at this stuff. Listen, Lamar needs to get better at everything. So does Patrick. So does Josh Allen. Like, yes, you always want to get incrementally better. But the Ravens, the worst thing that they could do this offseason is to look at their pass game offense and go, you know what? We got to be better from the pass game in the pocket because they're, then they're going to try to change Lamar. They're going to try to make Lamar something that he's not. Lamar is an incredible player, and he's perfectly capable of being good enough throwing the football from changed locations in the pocket, from outside of the pocket, from different spots. But to play just shotgun or underneath or pistol, drop back three or five step from that spot, that's not his game. It never has been his consistent game. It never should be his consistent game. Do you want him to get a little bit better at it? Of course, he will. But I think for the Ravens' pass game to move forward, it is bigger than just Lamar. Number one, you need to go get a real number one wide receiver. Look at the look at the teams left right now. Every one of them has a number one, a bona fide number one. They need to go get an Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. Hollywood Brown hasn't become that. He just hasn't become that. Number two, they need to get a pass game kind of coordinator that is actually going to tie their pass game concepts to their run game stuff. I feel like they got a really awesome run game scheme and then just some okay pass scheme, and they're not tied together. There's no rhyme or reason to them. There's no um, marriage to those things. And then they've got to find a way to build rhythm into their pass game. Their pass game is so, you know, throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. And yes, Lamar's got to get a little bit better at stuff, but again, he will. So I think there's steps for them to get forward, to move forward. But the last thing they should do is, you know what? We got to get Lamar better from, he was great in the pocket last year. He was great. He just, they weren't as dynamic in their pass game this year without those three tight ends and it hurt their pass offense. I know uh, you play with him for a few years and you're friendly with him, which is why, of course, I've taken notice when you've tweeted at Dan Orlovsky seven multiple times that it's time for the Lions to to move on from yeah. Matthew Stafford and let him go somewhere else. I wanted to give you a chance to sort of verbalize that because I'm sure there's some people that say, well, they're getting a new GM, new head coach. Maybe these guys can turn it around and he can help them turn it around. Yeah, so is there is there a, probably a slight bias in that because he is my buddy and I want to see him kind of go to a team that's really good to, to win now and see if he can get it done? Sure, but that's a small part of it. Ross, he's been there 13 years. I mean, he's been there 13 years. He's been through different general managers. He's been through different coaches. It hasn't worked in Detroit. It hasn't, and it hasn't worked not because of Matthew or has it not worked because of Matthew? It's just all those surrounding pieces haven't been good enough. Are the Lions with Matthew Stafford a win-now team next year? Are they better in that division than, say, a, a Chicago if they get a better quarterback or a Green Bay? No. Are they one of the top seven, eight, nine, ten teams in the NFC next year? No. So if you go, okay, we're going to keep Matthew for another year, you're just delaying what needs to happen because in a year or two, his contract's going to be up. And when by the time that that rebuild has happened, he's going to be in a year like 16 or 17 and you have to go, okay, are we do we want to do we want to shell out another relatively large contract to him? And I'm sitting there going, 
at some point they're going to have to make the decision that it is time to start anew. Is he still good enough? Absolutely. But that organization just needs a fresh start, top to bottom, new general manager, new head coach, get a new quarterback, give him the opportunity to go somewhere else, thank him for his dozen plus years. But I don't think the reason I don't sit here and go, you know what? That, that that team is is just really good quarterback play away from flipping it in a year. They need to rebuild that roster because it's it's not a very strong roster right now, and they need to reset the culture. I saw you tweeted as well, Dan, that Drew Brees hosted you on your visit to Purdue. Yeah. So did, so you picked UConn over Purdue back then, back in the day. Here's my here's my quick recruiting story. I did so. I was actually uh, um, verbally committed. This is when like you know, obviously transfer, but, but verbally committed to Michigan State. Um, and then Jeff Smoker was a true freshman at Michigan State when I was a senior and he was balling like six games into the year. And I was like, wait, I'm not going to go to Michigan State. Like, I don't, I don't want to go somewhere and sit for two or three years. So then I took my visit to Purdue and I was, I love Purdue. Drew was my host. I remember he actually went and threw while on my visit. And I remember there was a, a receiver there named Chris something, a white kid. He had like 22 catches in one of the Big Ten games. I forget his name. Chris something, Daniels or something. And they went and threw together, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, this dude's out of his world good because every ball was perfect. And then I came home from the visit. And I was like, I'm going to go to Purdue. The morning that I was going to call Purdue and commit, Kyle Wharton committed. And I was like, dang, Orton's like the third or fourth ranked quarterback on rivals or something. I'm not going to Purdue. Took a visit to Virginia. Schaub was my host. The head coach, George Welsh, in our meeting kept calling me Matt. He never called me Dan. I was like, I'm not going to Virginia. This guy doesn't even know my name. So then I came home and I called my dad. I was like, dude, I'm I'm sick and tired of this. I'm going to UConn. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I never heard that story before. Yeah, that so Kyle, Kyle committed, and that's why I was like, I'm not going to Purdue. Dude, so, uh, well, it's funny just because Smoker's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So, like, yeah. I knew him. He's a couple years younger than me, so he was like a legend at Mannheim Central. Yeah. Because it was – they always play Wilson, which is Chad Henney's high school. So, it went from, like, three years in a row where everybody would go to that game to see Smoker. And then as soon as Smoker was done, Henny was the quarterback at Wilson. So, there was, like – Seven years in a row where if you went to that Wilson Mannheim Central game, you saw a dude with like an absolute hose just no dominating. Um, last one. I'll get you out of here. Just give me one thought on the coaching hire so far. So either one you really like, one you really don't like, a guy that maybe hasn't been hired yet that you think the Texans or the Eagles should hire. Give me one coaching hire thought. I absolutely love what the Jets have done with Robert Sala. He was my he was the guy that I loved the most. I think it's the best hire, even better than Urban Meyer. I was with Robert. I just remember two things that stood out. One, hearing the defensive guys in the locker room talk about how great of a listener he was. And this is close to nine years ago, eight years ago, how great of a listener he was, how good he was at communicating, how much he, he took player input. And the second thing I love, how much he thrived in adversity. I mean, you know this. We see coaches all the time in the NFL. They get jobs because they had seven all pros. You know what makes really good coaches? Really good players. You know, and then all of a sudden they go to a team that doesn't have those all pros. And it's like, uh uh-oh. So I love that. And I love the staff he is bringing with him. I think we look at football coaching hires the same way we look at football teams. Oh, the quarterback's good. Well, the team should be good. 
oh, the quarterback stinks. Well, the team must stink. Or the team stinks, so the quarterback must stink. Like, we just look at it so finite, and we think, oh, this this guy's a good hit. The staff is such a big deal, and I love the staff he's bringing with him. Check him out on social, at Dan Orlovsky7. He's all over ESPN all the time, NFL Live. He's the star of the show. Dan, you're the man. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Always appreciate you, man. There he is, Dan Orlovsky. I'm telling you, he is good. He, he, he's just good. He just says it in a way that you understand it, and it makes sense. Speaking of good, I just got, Brian, my new Manly Band. It is awesome. Awesome. So Manly Bands are like the perfect wedding ring. You can get whatever you want, right? Cut, clarity, carrot, color. That's what you always want for your significant other. What about us? What about men, right? I just got mine. It is sweet. They have all kinds of different manly bands. So here's the deal. You get this ring sizer, the manly ring sizer. You know what? Next time I talk about it, I'm going to wear it and show it on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, because it's sweet. They're bands. They're the coolest bands out there. They don't cost you an arm and a leg. And and now I have two because I had my original one, but now I have an awesome brand new manly band. Uh, Absolutely recommend it. I'm a big, like, I'm already wearing mine with my wife when we go out to dinner. Once you've selected your band, Manly Band offers free shipping worldwide, a 30-day exchange policy, and a free warranty. While there might be a 50% chance of your marriage working out, there's a 100% chance you're going to love your band. To order your Manly Band and get 20% off, plus a free silicone ring, go to manlybands.com slash Ross and enter promo code Ross. That's manlybands.com slash Ross, code Ross, for 20% off. Manly Bands, the best darn rings, period. Ducks takes. Good morning, Ross. Let's start with uh, some of these coaching hires that you and Dan obviously got into a little bit. Well, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. They hired former Titans OC Arthur Smith as their new head coach. Yeah, by the way, Brian, those manly bands really are sweet. Awesome. So if you're getting married soon, that's where you should get your band. If you already have been married, seriously consider getting a second one. A, it's fun to change it up sometimes, but B, then you always have a backup in case something happens. I know plenty of guys that have lost their wedding rings for one wedding bands for one reason or the other. Huge fan of Arthur Smith. I've talked about it before. I've written a story about Arthur Smith for the athletic. His first year coaching was my last year playing. He's got an awesome, awesome way about him. Uh, just, a, just a really easygoing, great guy to talk to. And the proof is in the pudding with what he did with Tannehill and Derrick Henry, period. Ducks takes. New Orleans Saints assistant Dan Campbell looks to be the Lions' next head coach. Evidently, Dan wants to wait until after he does exit interviews with the Saints yesterday and today, that's who he is. Dan and I were teammates briefly. It's funny. I got a connection to everybody now. Dan and I were teammates briefly in Dallas in 03. He reminds me a lot of Mike Vrabel. A lot. He is a leader of men. He goes about things the right way. I mean, how about this? 
before he hurries off and goes to Detroit to be a head coach for the first time, he wanted to take time these two days to say goodbye to the Saints players and coaches. Most guys don't do that. Frankly, I think it's one of the reasons why the Lions are hiring him in the first place because he's that kind of guy. And I imagine Chris Spielman, the new executive for the Lions, just absolutely loved Dan. I can see those guys hitting it off. Tuck Stakes. Former Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley is the new head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. That's good. He doesn't have to move. Are we sure about that? No, I'm just where, guessing, though. But Where do the Chargers – the Rams are up in, like, Thousand Oaks. Like That's where their facility is and they practice. Are the Chargers still down in, like, Orange County? Yeah, yeah. So he probably will have to move. Yeah. So, Brian, I mean, you make one comment on the show – and it's like a factually incorrect comment. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he theoretically doesn't have to move, but he's a coach working like 18-hour days. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to have an hour-and-a-half commute. How far is it from Thousand Oaks to Orange County? Uh, it could be, uh, depending on traffic, yeah. It could be an hour, hour-and-a-half. However, former Angels manager Mike Sosha lived up in Thousand Oaks and drove down to Anaheim every day for what? 10 years as the Angels head coach, Angels manager. Why would they do that? Why would somebody do that? That gave him his time to think. That was his alone time. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. But, Brian, you thought you, thought you had such a clever line to say. He doesn't even have to move. And I, it totally backfired, and I totally just was a total jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope you feel better now about yourself. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, the funny thing is I've seen it on Twitter like 10 times. He doesn't even have to move. Doesn't even have to move. That's like telling someone on radio, you got a face for radio. Um, anyway, uh, I know what you meant, Bri. Look, I, this guy was the defensive coordinator at Division Three school in 2016. That is fast, bro. That is fa- Four years to go from D3 D coordinator to NFL head coach. I think he deserves it, though. I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by the Rams' defense this year and what he did. That's a big loss for the for the L.A. Rams because he's a stud. Ducks takes. Denver Broncos defensive end Von Miller under criminal investigations in Denver. What are your thoughts on this one? They've been very tight about what exactly the investigation is about. I think I did see one report where it is, a, 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 I believe, a domestic abuse uh, allegation that they are investigating. And it's about all I have to say about that. You know, I, I think we live in a world now where let's see the facts come out and see what happens. That's obviously not good. takes. Sorry about that. I cut you off. Anything else you want to add or no? No, that's it. I mean, look, I, I don't know what to say stuff about stuff like that other than it's obviously not good. Let's see what the facts are. All right, moving on. The Ravens are in a hurry to get to their offseason. They've already released both quarterbacks, RG3 and running back Mark Ingram. It's really weird. Usually teams wait until like the day or two before the new league year starts. They hang on to these guys. I think the Ravens, though, I think they want to make sure these guys don't get hurt again. 
while they're kind of on potentially on the hook for their money. Although now that they're away from the facility, they could put them on the NFI list, non-football injury. I don't think they even want to take take that chance. Like, let's not, you know, I, and maybe even in the COVID era, they don't want to take any chance. So interesting strategy by the Ravens. Uh, I think they probably feel okay with Trace McSorley as their backup and Huntley. Huntley looked pretty good. And then for Mark Ingram, he just make you know, they weren't even playing them. They, they've got Justice Hill and more importantly, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They don't need to be paying Mark Ingram $5 million. Takes. A couple of final thoughts. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers designated a defensive tackle Vita Vea to return, possibly to play this weekend. Uh, and the NFL said there will not likely be a combine this year. So, yeah, there's no real combine. They're, they're just kind of going to do the interviews virtually, the medical in like April. I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, they're going to do the interviews virtually. I said that. And then you'll just do a pro day on your college campus. As for Vita Vea, it doesn't sound like he's going to be able to play this week. But I think they want to get him ready in case maybe he could play in the Super Bowl. Maybe he can play this week. I don't know. Maybe we can give him a few snaps. I, I mentioned this earlier, Bri. This is important. If you didn't check your inbox yesterday, check your inbox, check your junk mail, check your spam, whatever. For those of you that are signed up to get our emails, we sent out the first one in like six months maybe. And I told a funny story about what I'm doing this weekend. So you're going to want to check that out. Um, by the way, if you didn't open it yet, we resend another one on Thursday with a different subject line because I know people miss emails a lot these days. So for the people that didn't open it, we usually send another one on Thursday. But look for your mail if you haven't. Or by the way, sign up if you haven't. You have today and tomorrow to sign up so you don't miss that story. And we announced we're going to be doing a new show. We're going to be doing a YouTube-only show we're going to shoot for every week, but it doesn't have to be every week. It's going to be simply your questions answered. We realize we don't get to enough here on the, the, the podcast. We have a backlog of questions. And, you know, so like Dan Orlovsky, right? We, we record these shows via what's called StreamYard. And we sent, you know, Dan Orlovsky gets the link. He clicks on it. And if you guys watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, it's me, it's Brian, it's Dan. You can see the social media clips as well at Ross Tucker Pod. And we talk. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick, you know, this week, we're picking the first 10 people that rate and review any of our shows and then send me the screenshot, Ross at Ross Tucker.com. So rather than me actually picking, we're just going to do first come, first serve for these things. Makes it a lot easier. So the first 10 people to rate and review any of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network shows, you're automatically a winner. We'll pick out a day and time. We'll send you the StreamYard link. And you'll be able to verbally ask me a question. You'll say hi. You'll tell me where you're from. And you'll verbally ask me the question. I can't wait to meet more of you. It's going to be awesome. And to hear your question, it's one of my favorite things to do is to answer your questions. So really looking forward to it. I mentioned as well, we will have a happy hour for the Tuckheads, the patrons, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. So I'll be reminding everybody on, on our private Slack channel about that. So 
two ways you can talk to me this week or coming up. Either patreon.com slash rtmedia, become a tuckhead this week, and we'll send you the Zoom link to the happy hour Friday night. I don't know what beers I'm going to have. Be good. And then we will also have this new YouTube show, which, by the way, we need a name for. So hit us up on social media or email us with a cool name for the the weekly YouTube Q&A. Because that's not a really cool name for a show, weekly YouTube Q&A. I don't think so. But we will do that. And uh, that's what we'll hopefully get to an email question with Andrew tomorrow. But we'll definitely get to a bunch of questions on the new YouTube show. Shout outs, by the way, as always, go to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. We'll get a new one. DinerDepot.com. DinerDepot, D-E-P-O-T.com. Very cool supplies and stuff for those of you that have restaurants, things like that. Diner Depot. And I know, by the way, we have listeners that do have that. So uh, pretty cool. Maybe maybe some of the listeners can take advantage of DinerDepot.com. We will do the Even Money podcast in a couple hours. Tomorrow we'll have Andrew Brandt and the Fantasy Feast to get you ready for the Sunday slate of DFS for fantasy football. Love it. Awesome week. Orlovsky was awesome. Hopefully you guys enjoyed him. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.